Most of the important Christian holidays are about Jesus coming or God coming in one way or another. We have Christmas, we have the you know, Advent, arrival, coming, what is to come. Christmas, the birth, Jesus is coming. Easter is kind of like, oh, you know, ta-da, I'm here. Jesus coming again after the resurrection. We have Pentecost next week is the Holy Spirit coming. All these wonderful arrival holidays. It's like the old, back in the day when you could greet people at the terminal in the airport. It's like, yay, they're here, yay. It's usually not um, the same kind of feeling when you drop someone off back at, at the terminal, back at the airport. Ascension is about saying goodbye. Jesus is going and he tells us goodbye. We all have to say goodbye a lot in this world. Some of us are better at goodbyes than others. Most of us are better at at hellos than others. With a hello, there is a possibility of something new. So why do we celebrate Jesus leaving? With questions like these, it's important to, to look to the scriptures specifically. And in that, we need to always remember that the Bible is not a giant list of to-dos. It's not a list of do's and don'ts that most people make it out to be. And this is an amazing thing. The world is not binary. It is not reduced to ones and zeros. Yes or no. Do this or don't. The Bible is not a computer manual because humans are not computers. Humans are not programmable. You can't hack your sleep. No matter how many articles they have about it, you can't hack your work routine. <laughs> no, matter, um, no matter what you, you read, there's no, there's no hacking. We are not hackable. Children are ro- not robots. Children are not robots. You ask them to sit down on their bottoms and eat all of their food, and it doesn't always happen. Friends are not robots. They don't always respond to your texts, even when it, you see those three dots and you're like, I'm waiting, I see the dots, I see the dots. You don't, you don't text, I see the dots, that'd be kind of rude, but you see the dots and they don't, always, they don't always reply. Friends don't do everything you ask them to, even when they want to, because they have lives and human agency and obligations as well. As well, friendship is based on trust, not knowledge or mastery. A robot does what it is designed to do by its maker, even if it is designed to jump on boxes. And we may become worried that the singularity is going to happen soon, like in Terminator, and the robots are going to take over because this robot can do things on boxes that I cannot do on boxes. But the heart of the matter is that God did not create us as robots programmed to do this or do that. Nor is God a distant taskmaster with a list of expectations that we either pass or fail at. There's no report card. We were created by God freely out of nothing. The gift of life offered to bring life and reflect life back to the God who is love who is life. We are free to live and move and love and hate and laugh and cry, to act or not to act. We are free and in our freedom at the ascension, we must say goodbye to Jesus. 
is Rusty Wren in Acts 1. Jesus says goodbye and goes away, and pretty soon two messengers of God appear, and they say, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up at the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen. Why are you looking in the sky? We no longer see Jesus as the disciples saw him, but sometimes we look to the sky and think to ourselves, Jesus, where are you? Why did you go? We no longer see the child of Mary walking and laughing and eating, and that can be hard. Most of our friends, not counting dogs or rabbits, are people. Most of our friends are people. And it's been challenging in some ways to maintain friendships during social distancing. In other ways, though, it has been freeing. I know a number of folks who have Zoom happy hours. I'm not saying what they drink. One of the things I love about this is getting to a place can take a lot of time. Just, just traveling, just driving to any place in Austin takes time. Whereas turning on Zoom takes very little time. Until it crashes, but then a crashed Zoom is about the same as getting stuck in traffic. I have friends who used to meet up at bars and just, and just Zoom to catch up because the whole point of meeting up was not the bar, but the friendship and the conversation. For parents with young children, it really is hard to go out. It is really easy to Zoom out after the kids have gone to bed. But it's still, I know that I'm talking to a physical human at the other end. I see them, I recognize them, I remember them. Prayer is not a Zoom call with God. And when the disciples said goodbye to Jesus at the ascension, they thought that would be the end of their relationship. But Paul helps us to understand the ascension, that we cannot begin any relationship with Jesus at the ascension. Paul writes, Jesus ascended. What does this mean but that he had first descended into the earth? He who descended is the very one who ascended high above the heavens, that he might fill all people with his gifts. In the ascension, we realize that Jesus, first of all, came down to be with us, and we should praise God for that. And in going, he goes to free us up to receive more gifts from him. The next step with Jesus is always more, not less. In ascension, we have a new opportunity that we did not have before. We, all of you here, everyone whom you have ever known, everyone throughout history has a chance to know and be known by Jesus. Which gets us to social media. You know, the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters and all of it. Especially the Twitter and the Instagram. In, in, those, in those mediums, each person has this amazing ability to follow celebrities. Currently, these are the top celebrity follows on, on Twitter. And so Barack Obama, Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, and just sharing, you know, the thoughts. And, there, and people can just nod and be like, oh my gosh, I'm reading the same thing as Barack Obama. Or, wow, I like the same kind of curry as Justin Bieber. And think to themselves, wow, how relatable this is. And then, or then there's like Instagram, which is slightly different, but it's still the kind of thing. It's, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's a soccer player for Juventus. Um, who mostly shows Instagrams of him kicking things. But that's the number one followed person in, in the world. And these kind of like, oh, I can see, oh my gosh, The Rock works out. 
I work out, I'm so relatable to The Rock. I'm just, people often say, Wilson, you remind me of The Rock very often. I get that a lot. Social media offers this amazing ability to feel like you are in a relationship with someone which you are not. These top tens are just the largest, but once you get over a certain threshold on any platform, people will pay you to share things and do things. The best influencers are like the best salespeople because they make it look natural. Similarly, podcasts are another new medium where a sense of faux intimacy pervades all aspect. The best ones sound like conversations among friends, rich and powerful friends, but still it is friendly and intimate and I get to feel like I'm close to a famous person in a similar way that millions of other people feel and I laugh with the jokes and I nod with the poignant thoughts as if I were there. But there's no there there. To be a Christian is not to be a social media follower of Jesus. Jesus was not an influencer. Jesus is not an influencer. Jesus isn't trying to nudge us into a different lifestyle, but to save us from destruction. Jesus, Jesus isn't trying to leverage his followers into ad sales, but to give us abundant life. Not mediocre life or tolerable life, but abundant life. I think this is important to clarify because when at the ascension, we recognize that we all have access to Jesus in a new and fresh way. It is not like clicking follow on a celebrity, hoping for a little amusement in this crazy world. We must start in that same way that Paul started. In order to say that Jesus ascended means that he first descended. God came down to us to connect, to hope, to relate. Before we speak of our connection with Jesus, we must remember what God did seven weeks ago at Holy Week and Easter. At the beginning of the United Methodist funeral service, the pastor says, dying Christ restored our death and rising Christ restores our life. Christ has taken away the penalty of sin and offered abundance for all. As well, that abundant life consists specifically in the life of love exemplified by Christ and lived out in relationship to Christ and Christ's body. And it takes place through this big word called grace. Through grace. And grace doesn't just work in one way, it works in a number of ways. We talk about grace in three ways in the Wesleyan tradition. We talk about how grace acts preveniently, prevenient grace, the grace that comes before, the grace that heals and protects us before we are even aware of God. We see provenient grace in Christ's life of ministry, of healing and teaching, of seeking out the disciples instead of being sought by him. He went to Peter and Andrew. He went to John and James. He went to Matthew. God comes to us. That is how we understand provenient grace. Then there is justifying grace, which makes us stand upright with God. Stand right, justify, like you, if you have to justify a painting or justify a house. It's not to rationalize its existence, but to make it straight, to make it square. We see this in Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Easter and death being defeated and our lives being made whole for the possibility of life with God. Finally, we have sanctifying grace, which is offered starting this day with the ascension and magnified next week with Pentecost. We can be holy. We can be friends with God. We can know and be known by God, we don't need that veil of Moses. We don't need a veil like the high priest in the temple. We can know and be known by God through Christ's ascended presence to us and Christ's sending of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. For instance, 
Think of your oldest and closest friend. I really, like, actual rhetorical question. I want you to take a moment and think of it. Who is your oldest and closest friend? With whom you have shared the most of your life. What they know and don't know about you. How they can look at you and see if something is wrong. How you can look at them and tell immediately what is going on with their soul. With deep friendship, so much communication is deeper than words. Or if words are used, so much is filled with inside jokes or allusions to past experiences. It is easy to spend time with these friends. It is not a burden. You don't check your watch every, every few minutes trying to think about when you can get out of there. Time does not drag on. It goes swiftly and you say to yourself, whoa, look at the time. Where did that go? This is the kind of relationship that Jesus desires with you. Time together and sighs and glances and jokes. And we can spend time with God in prayer and scripture with service and sharing about God. Literally talking about God is a way to spend time with God. As we share what God has done in our life, God works in us even more. Because of Christ's ascension, we don't have to follow Christ like an Instagram influencer. We don't need to read any new TMZ articles about him or check a BuzzFeed listicle to see if we like the same kind of mouthwash. Christ is here for you in multiple concrete ways so that by growing in friendship with Christ, we grow in faith and holiness. We more and more let go of actions of destruction. We more and more let go of the desire for actions of destruction. Through friendship with Christ, we meet the God who is love, and God is with us, inside of us, filling us, and only displacing sin and self-destruction. We meet God and our neighbor and the sick and the lonely and the hurting. The face of Jesus is not the face of rich CEOs or politicians or celebrities. It is the face of the least of these, so that when we love, we love Jesus. And so, my brothers and sisters, a goodbye to Jesus is just another way of welcoming God into our lives. The ascension marks a farewell to simple connections with God and a hello to true friendship with God. God is love. God delights in you. God likes you. God likes you. God knows what's going on in your mind and in your thoughts. God knows what you did last week and still likes you and still loves you and thinks you are precious and beautiful and worthy of attention and worthy of friendship and worthy of spending time with. Because Jesus ascended, God is with you now. You are not alone. We are not alone. And we must continue in this season to seek each other as the body of Christ, to seek outside of our community as the body of Christ to remember that we are not alone. To remember that, that the church, the building, the church is not the building. We love our building. We love our facilities. We want to keep them safe. But Christ is present right now where you are. Because of the ascension, Christ is here with us. And we want to seek God where we are. And we want God to remind us and to push us further away from actions of destruction and closer to actions of love. 
Let us all this day welcome the ascended Christ. Let us all this day take a step towards love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.